0: Is a kiss between two men obscene? For Rio de Janeiro Mayor Marcelo Crivella, the answer is yes. He used his administration to try and censor a Marvel comic book containing a scene in which two male, fully clothed characters kiss. Crivella called it pornography targeted at children and teenagers but in a country that figures among the top 10 consumers of porn on the internet, the argument that teens would have to buy a comic book to see explicit images is ridiculous. Not to mention that, by Crivella's standards, the frescoes of the Sistine Chapel, which include a few images of men kissing, would also have to be covered. However, this kind of move is part of a ramping up of actions to curb freedom of speech in Brazil, Attacks which have come not only from the right, but also from the left. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, Editor-in-Chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Maria Marta Bruno, hello. Hi, Gustavo. You are the Brazilian Report's eyes and ears in Rio. Tell me what happened.
1: Well, last Thursday, uh, Rio Mayo Marcelo Crivella received reports on the Internet from visitors who were outraged by this adventurous comic book in which two gay male characters share a kiss. The book was on sale at Rio's International Book Biennale last week. On Friday, the next day, he sent auditors to check if pornographic or impromptu material was being sold to children and issued a decision saying that the Avengers comic he despised so much should be wrapped in a black bag with a parental advisory seal on it.
0: So, did it work?
1: No, not at all, Gustavo. For one, because the controversy made the cartoon more popular than it would be otherwise. It was sold out in 35 minutes on Friday, the day after Crivella's announcement. On Saturday, Folha de São Paulo, the biggest Brazil newspaper, ran the KISS panel on its front page. Also, the announced organizers refused to abide by the decision, which triggered a legal battle. A state court confirmed Crivela's determination, but on Sunday, the Supreme Court struck it down.
0: What did the justices say?
1: de Mello, he's the longest-serving justice on the Supreme Court. He said the decision comes from quote regressive minds who defend a dystopian view of society. Ouch. Yeah, he pulled no punches.
0: So upon first glance, we could say that Crivella's move totally backfired. I mean, more people saw the comics, and he was pretty much isolated in this ideological crusade against the gay kiss. But. Regardless of what happened to the comic, the stunt could be beneficial to the mayor, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And to explain how you need to know exactly who Marcelo Crivella is.
0: So, who is he?
1: Krivela is an evangelical bishop who belongs to the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God, which is owned by his uncle, Bishop Edir Macedo. Edir Macedo is a highly controversial figure, having been accused of crimes such as corruption and racketeering in the past. Uh, Nowadays, Edir Macedo's power comes not only from the church, but also from his television network, Record, which is the second biggest terrestrial channel in Brazil. And his station has always been close to power, no matter who's in charge. At one point, Macedo was backing former President Lula, but as the tide turned, he migrated and now is a very powerful ally from President Bolsonaro.
0: And how does Crivella fit this scene?
1: So, Crivella enters the political scene in 2002 when he was elected senator. He then has a series of failure attempts to become Rio's mayor and governor. Every time he would face massive scrutiny from the press, which he accused of conspiring against him.
0: But then comes 2016.
1: Yes, by that year, the left-wing parties were extremely weak, and he managed to win as a conservative candidate. In the runoff stage, Crivella faced a congressman from the far left, Marcelo Freixo, in what was an extremely polarized election in Rio.
0: And how has Crivella's tenure been in City Hall?
1: Extremely rocky, Gustavo. He has dodged not one but two impeachment requests. And he has overseen a rapid process of degradation in Rio. The city has really felt the blow of the 2014-2016 recession. And since the Olympics, it has been all downhill. We have problems with healthcare care and transportation services, for instance, to make matters worse. Rio suffered the floods early this year, which killed more than a dozen of people. And during the crisis, his administration was particularly inept in dealing with it. There is no single aspect that the administration has excelled in, actually.
0: So Crivella would be the first to want to shift the conversation from politics and public administration to pretty much anything else.
1: Exactly, exactly. And talking about a gay kiss in a comic book, not only allow him to avoid talking about what he has effectively accomplished, but it also panders to the most conservative and religious sectors of the city. He's hoping to be the right-wing candidate next year when he's set to stand for re-election. So he needs a core base of support if he is to stand a chance.
0: And how is the 2020 municipal race shaping up so far?
1: It's too soon to know. President Bolsonaro's group hasn't zeroed in on a candidate yet, and the left seems to be split in Rio. Uh, We should have a crowded field, though, and the earlier Crivela is able to rally a fervent core of supporters, the more likely he will at least make a runoff.
0: Maria, thank you very much. After the break, a look into the state of freedom of speech in Brazil. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, my name is Lucas Berti and I work at The Brazilian Report. Do you like the Explaining Brazil podcast? Then please, rate our show on whatever platform you may be listening to. And don't forget to share it with your friends and co-workers. Many people write us asking how they can support this show. The best way is by subscribing to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. You can enjoy a 7-day free trial and subscription plans start at only $3.90 per month. That's cheaper than drinking two lattes a month at Starbucks. Go to subscribe.
0: As Maria Marta pointed out, Rio Mayor Marcelo Crivella's rant about a caquias was motivated by electoral goals but attempts to censor content have increased in recent years. In 2017, conservatives managed to shut down an exhibition called Queer Museum after trying to associate homosexuality to pedophilia and bestiality. Human rights minister Damaris Alves also lashed out at a children's book on how to become a sorcerer and even said that Pixar's feature animation Frozen Contain subliminal messaging to, quote, turn children gay. On the other side of this spectrum, we have left wing movements who sought to ban books from the 1930s, saying that they contain racist undertones. To discuss these initiatives, we talked to Thiago Amparo, a law professor at think tank Fundação Getúlio Vargas. He also writes about human rights and discrimination. Thanks for talking to us, Tiago. What does the Brazilian Constitution say about freedom of speech?
2: Thank you very much for inviting me to speak uh, with you guys. So um, the Constitution, when it talks about freedom of speech, uh, it talks about the freedom, um, it talks about freedom of speech and freedom of expression, uh, artistic freedom, and so on. And it explicitly says um, without censorship, uh, without any censorship. So the censorship, um, it's completely ruled out by the Constitution itself. Uh, what the Constitution, so the, the, the mayor could not simply ask the books to be removed from the book fair. But uh, what we had uh, in the past was uh, one specifically decision from the Supreme Court concerning a very different case um, of a book that uh, tried to uh, deny the Holocaust. And it uh, was a very um, discriminatory book. Uh, and, the Const- and the Supreme Court considered it a racist book. Um, and it's because the Constitution uh, also talks about um, discrimination uh, and talks about uh, racism as a crime. So the Supreme Court said that back then, uh, a few years ago, it said that the- it restricted the book on the basis of um, of this uh, of, uh, anti-racism uh, legislation and anti-racism constitutional provision. But this was a very specific case. But um, overall, what we have is that we have a constitution that protects explicitly freedom of expression and explicitly mentions without any censorship.
0: So, uh, if I got it right, unless a work incites a crime, which is itself a crime its content cannot be regulated. Is that correct?
2: If through a book you committed a certain crime, uh, such as inciting people to commit another crime, which is, as you said, is a crime in itself, it can be restricted because the material itself uh, is, um, through this material, committing such a crime. And uh, if you're inciting or practicing discrimination on several grounds, uh, race, uh, color, and uh, national origin and od- religion and others. Uh, if you're uh, inciting or practicing discrimination on those grounds, uh, you 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 might be committing a crime under the anti-discrimination, anti-racism uh, law that we have.
0: Going back to this case in Rio, when Mayor Crivella tried to censor a comic book depicting a gay kiss, one thing strikes me. Yes, the Supreme Court reaffirmed the law of the land, And they said that there was nothing to be done about the Avengers story. But the Supreme Court only stepped in because a state court actually ruled in favor of the mayor. I mean, why are Brazilian courts so unpredictable? And how it is that each judge seems to rule based solely on their own convictions and sometimes to the detriment of the law?
2: This question of legal certainty is very important because the whole point of having a fundamental rights and a funda- having a constitution is to have certain issues that are not always on debate and not always being uh, revised the very idea of having a constitution that says that you have a freedom of, exp- of speech or expression without censorship is to not always having to debate again and again before courts whether certain measures is is, is or not uh, permissible um, and what is interesting here in the in the this um, in this series of decisions, we had actually three decisions. So first, we had one decision from one uh, judge from the Court of Appeal Rio that actually reversed the measure of the city hall, saying that you could not censor those books. And then later on, the pre- president of the same tribunal, the president of the court of the Court of Appeal Rio, reverse this decision. And a president of a court can only reverse a decision from uh, a fellow judge from the same court once it's a measure of, um, it's a severe measure that can cause a public disorder or can cause um, uh, a, a very high economic impact. So it's the power, it's the exceptional power of the president of a certain court to uh, reverse a decision from a fellow judge from the same tribunal. And this only happens when you have a decision that it it can cause a major impact and you have this uh, institutional perspective as a president of the court saying that, wait, wait a minute, we should um decide uh, we should decide this matter in um, uh, slower or something like this. So only you have a one one it's a very exceptional circumstance. So it's interesting to see that in this measure was um, by the president of the court of appeal, was um, well, uh, he decided to do to reverse the decision from the from a fellow judge uh, which is usually ex- uh, exceptional. In this case, so it's interesting to see that this very case of a, just a book fair, one page, uh, one page in 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 a, in a book, uh, was seen by the by the court of appeal as an exceptional case that could cause a public disorder, um, and then later on you had a, a three. Um, um, uh, three uh, legal uh, challenges before the Supreme Court over the weekend because the book fair went on until Sunday, so you had to decide until Sunday, and then uh, the Supreme Court decided on on the matter and, and and sided with the first judge, uh, reversed the censorship, and this so this is very problematic in a country where certain issues such as freedom of speech and freedom from censorship should not be debated all the time. Uh, that's the whole point of having constitutional rights, and um, and what we it is interesting to see that the, uh, uh, this issue was um, uh, decided by the court of by the president of a court of appeal, which is only used in exceptional cases.
0: We tend to focus on fringe right wing groups and their attempts to censor content they don't like, but some sectors of the left also engage in this kind of action. On one side, conservatives want to restrict speech based on the concept of protecting the family and moral values, but on the other, liberals want to do the same, based on an attempt to protect marginalized groups. Do these initiatives differ from one another?
2: Uh, that's a very interesting question. I remember one. There's one feminist, American feminist, called Bell Hooks, and she has a wonderful article called um, "Censorship from the Right and from the Left." She says that, well, you, of course, you have a challenge to uh, freedom of speech and and the right to speak um, uh, coming from the conservatives and from the right wing uh, politicians and front right wing uh, groups, especially towards uh, historically disadvantaged uh, groups such as women, men, black, uh, black people and uh, LGBT people and so on. But also, and she argues that, and and I agree that you cannot always, uh, you cannot also um uh, because of uh because of uh, certain uh more left-wing ideology can also, cannot also uh censor people from the right in, in, in the way uh, the way they can speak and, and and challenge things and so on. so the idea of our freedom of speech and and, and a free market of ideas is that it, ide- it ideally has no ideology the idea is to be able to, spread ideas and challenge ideas and uh talk about those ideas and criticize those ideas no matter if it doesn't matter if you come from the right or from the left um, the problem in this case is that uh, in the in the real cases is, is that it was uh it was a clear censorship uh case but also, as you mentioned, there, are, there were instances where you had um, uh, the left uh, trying to prevent uh, the public officials to speak in certain events or movies to be screened um, or conservative movies to be screened in, in universities. But what you cannot forget is that the freedom of speech occurs with, within a certain social context. And the social context in Brazil is that uh, we all we are very good at not talking about uh, issue structural issues or racism and uh, LGBT phobia and so on. Um, and historically, uh, those groups, uh, those historically vulnerable groups, are being uh, have been um, subject of censorship and and not only censorship but also uh, being directly target of uh, hate speech.
0: Many societies ask themselves where to draw the line which ensures freedom of speech, but also protects people against hate speech. Is there a solution in your opinion?
2: Several constitutions, several jurisdictions, they draw the line in different uh, ways. Uh, so, the, um, for instance, they, in the United States, basically they draw the line when you incite violence. So you can be a Klu Klux Klan group and then go on the streets and saying that the um, you don't like Jews and then in and, and, and all, all other kinds of discriminatory measures, as speech and you. But you cannot say go there and burn them or burn them or go there and attack them. Um, but you can say pretty much anything below that point. Uh, this is the case in the United States. The case of Europe is different because uh, when you're using uh, freedom of speech in order to incite uh, discrimination and then incite racism and, and saying that certain group is better than other um, because of intrinsic um, intrinsic uh, characteristics uh, such as gender, race, and uh, um, LGBT and so on, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity, and so on, um, you have uh, restrictions there, uh, and in Brazil, what we have is that uh, this what we had the closest that we have uh, of a legal uh, uh, line uh, that we could see as a um, as a measure drawing a line between freedom of speech and hate speech was the recent case of uh, LGBT phobia decided by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said there explicitly that uh, the criminalization of uh, making a discrimination against LGBT people. Uh, a criminal offense uh, does not limit the right of um, religious groups to deliver speech on the basis of their own uh, religious uh, beliefs. Uh, and then the court says explicitly that this uh, right of freedom of speech of by religious groups, um, the limit of this of this right is uh, when they uh, propagate uh, hate speech. And then the Supreme Court defined hate speech. As a speech, and in this decision, they define hate speech as uh, a speech propagating, uh, disseminating discrimination, hostility or violence.
0: Thiago, thank you very much. This podcast was written and prepared by me, Gustavo Ribeiro. Maria Marta Bruno produced this show and Ewan Marshall edited the final script. If you like this podcast, rate us on any platform you may be listening to Explaining Brazil. It takes only a second, but it is really important for us. And make sure to visit our website, brazilian.report, and enjoy our free trial for seven days. And it's really free. You don't have to submit any credit card information whatsoever. Go to Brazilian. Dot slash subscribe You can also support independent journalism by donating any amount to the Brazilian Report. Go to Brazilian.Report/Donate. If you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week.